0: The default is we get consumed in our lives, we're looking for what's wrong. And then as we do that, what we know now from neuroscience is that, you know, probably ninety plus percent of the thoughts you had today or the thoughts you had yesterday. We're not necessarily forming new thought patterns because we're actually wiring up our brains to think and see and perceive the same things that we do. We essentially create these neurological ruts.
1: When we do that, when we keep running those same scripts, we get the same experience. Yes. And so Being able to start creating new pathways and gratitude is one of these really easy ways to do that and to get people present and to get out of the typical pre-written script for what we expect the day to go actually opens up the possibility of having new experiences.
0: Welcome to the Best Self-Management Podcast. I'm David Hassel. And I'm Shane Metcalf.
1: Me and David have been working together along with our co-founder Nazar and all the amazing other people that are a part of 15.5 for the last seven years. And we are not the same people that we were seven years ago. One
0: of the things we're a big stand for is like, how do we actually embrace the whole person and understand that can we support someone in thriving in their whole life? And if we do, then they're probably going to contribute more at work.
1: Your mission is to attract the best talent, retain your high performers and maximize everyone's potential.
0: Welcome back to this episode of the Best Self-Management Podcast. I'm David Hassel. I'm
1: Shane Metcalf. And today we're going to be talking about positivity, one of the pillars of Best Self-Management. Yeah, so we're going to be going a little deeper into what do we really mean by positivity and and why it's not just some Pollyannic, bullcrap, feel-good thing for an organization, but is actually one of the most effective ways to create more organizational velocity and sell more product, and just in general, have a better, more effective, high-performing business. You know, when we talk about positivity, there's a couple of different things that we actually mean by that. One is, you know, building a culture of gratitude and appreciation. Another is the actual ratio of positive emotional interactions that each person, each individual in your company is having on a regular basis. We're talking about some of the the overall mindset and kind of tone of the culture. Um, what else, David?
0: Yeah, I think we're also talking about some of the things that
1: we've learned from the field of positive psychology about how
0: our brains tend to default to a negativity bias, right? We tend to be focused on things that we think may be threats and we're looking for the dangers and threats and, and we're operating out of a state of fear and protection. And when we can relax that, you know, Sean Aker has a great TED Talk uh, that I highly recommend watching, but he basically says in that that our, our brains at positive perform far better than at negative, neutral, and stress, but it's not the default way that we tend to be wired up. And it actually requires training to experience being in that positive brain space
1: and what's really interesting about this as well is that the emotional states all have a physiological corollary and so you know we now know from neuroscience that any emotion also creates a neurobiological cocktail of hormones and so whenever you're actually experiencing chronic stress you are releasing an entire chemical cocktail that is having an effect on the body. And so one of the things that I've been actually exploring quite a bit lately is how our emotional states influence our health. How chronic stress, how being in a constant kind of uh, fight or flight survival state where you're on threat detection and you know, you're anticipating uh, negative interactions with your boss are going to impact the health of your body. And so one of the cool things about, you know, building a culture of positivity is that you'll actually be lifting up the health of everybody in your organization. You will have healthier employees. You'll have fewer people leaving sick. You yourself will actually experience greater health. And there's all kinds of amazing new research coming out proving this. You know, I think it's been a theory for a long time, but we're now actually getting the hard science showing that heightened positive emotional states improve our immune system and all kinds of other cool things so really i think we're talking about resilience
0: right we're talking about people being resilient from a physical health perspective we're talking about relationships being more resilient we're talking about you know our ability as an organization to have the emotional energy to take on the hard problems together and not feel like we're in conflict with one another as we do it
1: right and so it's uh you know in many ways Positivity is also connected to EQ and emotional intelligence. You know, for so long, we just thought that, you know, the only measure of intelligence was our IQ and our capacity to problem solve mental challenges. And what we're now learning, and I think is fairly par for the course, but of course, not fully penetrating the mainstream is that our emotional intelligence, the intelligence of the heart, the, you know, things like empathy and compassion and, you know, listening and the ability to switch into and get somebody's uh, experience. These are all insanely valuable business qualities. Often they've been called soft skills, but, you know, we're reframing them. I think David, you call them what? Primary skills. Primary skills. yeah. Yeah the most important thing i think ultimately uh i'm glad that
0: the conversation in recent history has moved to putting a attention on the idea of eq you know emotional uh, emotional intelligence in the workplace is, is is now recognized as important but i think it's a bit condescending in a way to call some of these relationship skills soft skills as if like they, they're not as important as the hard skills well it turns out that Businesses are just a collection of human beings working together. So you would think that the human relationship skills and our ability to collaborate and communicate and and form positive relationships where we're, you know, working at a high order together, you'd think those are the the
1: most important things. Right. For every degree of relational mastery that you improve in your company, you are going to be increasing the efficiency of execution uh, significantly because, again, This idea of relational friction increases company drag. You just cannot move as fast if you spend your leadership meetings talking about what's going on with you know, with so-and-so and, oh, my God, I can't stand that person. And so, therefore, I'm not actually going to be telling them the truth. I'm going to be withholding information. There's not going to be as good of a decision that comes out of that. People aren't going to be fully committed to it. And you're not going to be operating as a unified whole. And so that just can't help but actually slow down your ability to innovate and sell. Why this is related to positivity is that positivity is one of the easiest kind of primers for relational thriving and so if you can get some of the positivity ratio right in your company then you're going to be increasing the effectiveness and increasing the ROI of every person that you hire and every hour that they work
0: right and
1: when we're in that positive brain state
0: right when we're relaxed we feel safe it relates to psychological safety is one of the things that supports that but also You know, when our default becomes we have a positive mindset, that's when we're most likely to not only be in good relationship with each other, but also access our higher order thinking and creativity. And that's where the best ideas come from.
1: And it's also really cool, you know, when when somebody's in the state of gratitude. You know, we talked a little bit about this on uh, the podcast with Denise Kavanaugh, You know, the research from HeartMath Institute we're actually showing that the entire kind of bioenergetic field of the human body increases in coherence when you're in a state of gratitude. You know, it literally is changing your brain waves and synchronizing with your heartbeats, and we you know, it's it's all kinds of cool stuff. Is happening in the body and which creates greater equilibrium and coherence in the individual's energetic field, which is going to then become a positive energy contributor to the whole company and to the culture and to their teams. And that person is going to walk into a room and people are going to be lifted up rather than, oh man, why is that person here? I can't stand that person.
0: Right, exactly. And then in general, when you have an organization where people feel lifted up by each other and for each other, Right? that's where you know this magic of collaboration can really come come into play so the, you know one question i have you know i think some people worry about is that you know if our default is is kind of threat awareness and threat prevention and we're on the the defense essentially right uh what do you mean <laughs>
1: i'm not on the defense <laughs>
0: right you know and if we if we rewire our brains let's just say we say okay we're going to move from a negativity bias to a positivity bias you know, is there a risk of overdoing it, of, of not being tuned into when, you know, real threats
1: are happening? Where's that balance? Yeah, well, I think that, you know, just because you start focusing more on the positive than on the negative doesn't mean that you lose the ability to be responsive to real threats. But I think what you lose is, you know, like if a threat happens and something occurs, you can deal with it. What happens is that you don't then... Think about it for 10 days. Right. You're able to respond in the moment because you're being more present. You're present future-oriented rather than past-oriented, thinking about all the things that went wrong and how you have to be on the protective and defend yourself. You know, you can actually meet the threat, solve the problem, shake it off, and then get on with life instead of being in this constant loop of I never can let my guard down and, and so, yeah,
0: right. So the new normal is we have this
1: positivity bias. And from that standpoint,
0: that's where the thermostats set, so to say. Uh, we're able to access more of our creativity. We're able to have this uh, you know, better connection with our peers and our coworkers. Uh, how do you get there? You know What are the things that need to be put into place? and, and how do we shift this, you know, going from a default, out in the world and, and the way that we've we've kind of grown up and the way that our brains are wired, how do we get from having this negativity bias as the default to one that's that's more positive?
1: Yeah, well I think that it actually takes real effort. It takes applied intention over time. To actually create a shift of the center of gravity from the negativity bias to a positivity bias. And it doesn't happen overnight. It, it's, you know, I think that peak experiences are essential elements of this where you have to have those moments of, oh wow, okay, I really get it. And then actually engage in ongoing practices. And so that's why we think of it as an organizational habit yes. to focus on the positive. And so there's a couple of different ways that we have been experimenting with this and that you know I, I know that a lot of different companies do this in a lot of different ways but the important thing is find the ways that are authentic to your culture and to your values. And so there's a couple of things that we can share around what we've done to increase the positivity ratio inside of 155. And positivity ratio again is just this idea of the number of positive emotional experiences compared to the number of negative emotional experiences. and so things that we do to increase the positivity ratio are uh, the beginning of our all hands meeting on Monday so we have all every employee from all over the world join on a zoom call for a 30 minute meeting and the second the you know the last 25 minutes of the meeting are, are very business oriented we're going over objectives introducing new hires. Kind of, uh, you know, just maintenance and the company, getting people on the same page. But the first five minutes, we do a five-minute gratitude meditation. And again, gratitude is one of these things that's more and more of the science is showing that when you enter a state of gratitude, you change your entire uh, you know, your heartbeat rhythm changes, your brain wave changes. You move more into a slower brain wave, which is actually where higher creativity is. You know, more into an alpha brain state. And so, we do five minutes of of contemplating different things that we're grateful for. And so, I'll choose random subjects to contemplate gratitude for, like the internet or socks or uh, indoor plumbing. And, you know, really get people to take a moment to appreciate the incredible world that we live in. I mean, let's try jet travel. You know, what a modern miracle it is. Yeah. You know, and so things that we just are taking for granted as these kind of spoiled modern humans that we are. And I try to just wake us up to like, oh, my God, it is unbelievable that we are unbelievably lucky to have running clean water and let's, let's appreciate that, let's savor it, let's let have the next glass of water we drink, let's be present to the wonder and the beauty and the privilege of that.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm often just amazed at the human capacity for taking for granted. <laughs> <laughs> In myself, even. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I, uh, I used to recognize this, and like as I lived in New York City and San Francisco, I lived in some of these incredible places with these amazing views. I lived on this uh, this house in San Francisco in 2009 that had an unobstructed view of the Golden Gate Bridge and Alcatraz and and the Bay Bridge. And uh, I just noticed one day I stopped even like noticing. I'm like, this is you know this is like a an incredible experience I could be having every day, and I'm not even looking out the window, right? And so you know I think that there's a uh, because i think the default is we're again we're we get consumed in our lives we're looking for what's wrong and then as we do that you know what we know now from neuroscience is that you know probably 90 plus percent of the thoughts you had today or the thoughts you had yesterday we're not necessarily forming new thought patterns uh, because we're actually wiring up our brains to think and see and perceive the same things that we do we
1: essentially create these neurological ruts kind of a side tangent but When we do that, when we're just running the same neurological rut, when we get out of bed and we're like, great, now time to brush my teeth, time to take the shower, time to go get on the train, time to go to work, time to check my email, time to get annoyed by my boss, time to, you know, wish my coworker would quit so that he wouldn't annoy me. You know, we we keep running those same scripts. We get the same experience. Yes. And so being able to start creating new pathways and gratitude is one of these really easy ways to do that and to get people present and to get out of the typical pre-written script for what we expect the day to go actually opens up the possibility of having new experiences. Yes. And I love the way that you guide it. by you
0: know, often suggesting that we meditate and feel gratitude for things that are, you know, as mundane as the things that you mentioned, because, those tend to be you know, obviously taken for granted. And when we actually stop to pause to appreciate the things we're taking for granted, it's, 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 it's almost like an aha movement that we experience. And I think also your guidance to everyone in the company to not just intellectually think about it, but to actually try to cultivate the emotional experience of feeling grateful, right? You're doing something out of the norm. You're guiding people in the company to have an experience they probably wouldn't get to on their own, Right. And then that is actually creating a different neurological cocktail, right. And then forming new neural pathways. And when we do this, you know, 52 times in a year, what I found, and, and I think we've had a number of, of folks in the company uh, share this, is that people start noticing they're more observant and more grateful not necessarily during that five-minute meditation on Mondays, but actually out in their lives.
1: And again, because this is a habit. This is a way of being. This is, uh, you know, we have these pre-written scripts, so if we're always running the script about what's wrong in our life and woe is me and I'm a victim and that guy's an asshole and that person's a jerk and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then that's what we focus on and we get more of. And so as we learn to flex the gratitude muscle, as we learn to pay attention to the things that we are typically taking for granted and live in more of a state of of gratitude, then we're going to see more of that. We're going to see more reasons to be grateful on a regular basis. And so, yeah, it's like I love when somebody comes in and shares with me you know, like, yeah, Shane, the first three months of working at fifteen-five, I thought that the gratitude thing was total bullshit. And now I look around my life and I just am always thinking about what I'm grateful for. <laughs> and I'm happier than I've ever been. Right. And, you know, that is the key. Like, we're not just doing this just because. We're doing it because these are some of the most effective, least time-consuming practices to start shifting somebody's happiness set point.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know and if if you do some research online there's there's a lot of people over the years who've talked about the power of having a gratitude practice. You know, I think uh, Richard Branson someone has talked about it, you know, personally how it's transformed his life and and other people have talked about really the power and I think what we're we're doing is is institutionalizing it and and not leaving it up to chance, but basically saying like this is something we put value on and we're going to do as as
1: a company. And the results are pretty remarkable. Yeah, And so, you know, so that's, that's, uh, we do that every Monday, every Wednesday. So we have, uh, three all hands meetings every week. One is optional. That's the question Friday that we've talked about in some p- previous podcasts. And then, uh, Wednesday we have another all hands meeting that's much more business focused, but the first five minutes of that, we actually do a, uh, just a guided meditation and we have a different employee lead those meditations every month. And so again, meditation is another one of these things that is now, proven to create a positive brain state. It actually will help change the metabolism in the entire system, changes your digestion, helps the body move into more of a relaxed, coherent state. We do a a five-minute meditation every Wednesday at the beginning of our all-hands meeting, and we have a different employee actually lead those meditations every month. You know, everyone else benefits from the meditation, but it's also really fun because it gives the uh, employee an opportunity to lead the entire company in an experience, which is part of how we're cultivating leadership with our people as well. And David, I'd, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit around you know, y- your own study around the effects of meditation and of using this as almost like a uh, sample of a meditation practice. And then the way that we actually make it available for people that are interested in learning more about meditation to go deeper on their own.
0: Yeah, I think to that point, my first experience with meditation came uh, toward the end of 2009, early 2010, just a little bit prior to getting 15.5 started and uh, i had a period of three months where i I went deep and i was meditating about an hour a day and um, i had a pretty profound shift in experience in my life during that time i found myself uh, much more connected and present with the people around me i found myself uh, much less uh, easily stressed like it felt like the same things were happening in life but i wasn't reacting as quickly to them
1: and just think of you know for your people that the business is still going as crazy fast as it is, and there's still all the same stressors. But people are being less reactive, exactly, and they're more resilient to stress. They're more present in in meetings. That alone would be transformative for pretty much every culture.
0: Exactly. And so, you know, what a little five minute meditation every week is not necessarily going to move the needle for everybody. But as you said, you know, we're giving people a taste, right? If the employees actually stop for a moment and engage in the meditation and and take that five minute break, so you know, I have to say, you know, I've I've heard feedback from a number of people that are just so grateful for having a moment in the workday because you know it may be nine a.m. for us in the West Coast, but you know it's it's later in the day and on the East Coast and in Europe, but having a moment just to stop and pause, and we get to have the shared experience together, and some people have a taste of, of of what it what it's like actually just to stop for a moment and to. To get centered and disconnect from the busyness of life and that may inspire people to take on a deeper practice
1: on their own yeah and then one of the things that we recently rolled out is working with a great company called meditation.live which is now giving all of our employees access to live meditation teachers and classes as well as on-demand streaming meditations and it's it's cool because you know it's saying hey look We're going to give you a taste as a part of our workflow. And then for a lot of people, they actually choose to go much deeper. And then all of a sudden they're transforming, you know, from an experience of being pretty chronically stressed, which I think a lot of professionals can probably relate to, to doing some of this internal work of really actually cultivating a greater serenity, a greater resilience to change in their life, uh, learning how to breathe deeper, how to Relax their nervous system because so much of it is, you know, it's fine to get stressed, but the real damage comes from when people can't downshift their nervous system, when people can't actually get their brain to slow down and stop because it's in the pauses that we go into rest and recovery. It's in the slowing down that the body is able to heal, that the mind is able to kind of recalibrate and integrate information. It's why sleep is so vitally important. And if you're in a chronic state of stress and negative emotional chaos, you aren't going to be sleeping well. You're not going to be having good relationships. Your personal relationships are going to be suffering. You know, because you think of it, if your office has a a five to one or one to five rather, you know, for every positive experience, you're having five negative emotional experiences, you're doing that in the office, you're going to go home and the odds of you then having a high positivity ratio in your personal relationships is very low. It's much more likely that you're going to go home and you're going to have more negative interactions. Yeah, And so that's, again, that's why I think it's so vitally important and that we have a responsibility to be building positive organizations is that our work lives spill into th- our personal lives. It's just how it happens. And so it's actually a way of serving the whole human being is by giving them a positive, supporting, loving, compassionate, understanding, while also high-performing and extremely high bar of excellence work environment. Absolutely. If you have a question or a topic that you'd love to hear us talk about on this show, please do email us at podcast at five dot com. And if it's a good suggestion, we may consider it.
0: Let's talk also about um, some of the other
1: practices that we
0: put in place to support people in noticing the positive, right? So the gratitude is one, you know, we do this gratitude meditation on Mondays and, you know, you'll often surprise us with something we should be pondering in that moment. I often
1: surprise myself, you know, it's about uh, two minutes
0: before and,
1: (laughs) okay, I think that I know what we're doing
0: today. Exactly. And then we go out in the world and maybe we notice something we wouldn't have noticed before, right? You know, and again, if we buy into the idea that if left to our own devices, we're going to be looking for what's not going well first. One of the things that we do inside of 15.5, and now this is not hard coded or anything, but when someone signs up for a 15.5 account, we recommend that the first question is what's going well. You know, because I think a lot of times you might have a manager one-on-one or a check-in, whether you use a tool like 15.5 or just do one-on-ones, and you ask for an update, and we immediately go into what's wrong. And so starting with the positives, starting with, well, let's level set on actually what's going right. You know, in that practice, if you're doing a 15-5 52 times a year or 50 times a year, right, you're reflecting on a weekly basis what's going well. And then that reflection, again, you're wiring up the neurology so that even outside of 155 you're looking for what's going well. You're able to kind of take stock in. Things are working. There may be challenges, but there's also things that are working. And I think when left to our own devices, we sometimes those things can get lopsided.
1: Well, it's also really powerful to actually write it down yes. because, you know, that, like that's what you're doing in 15.5 in for those of you not familiar with the product is, you know, you're doing an asynchronous weekly check-in where you're answering a couple of basic questions, spending about 15 minutes a week for that. And, you know, so if the question in 15.5 is what's going well, you actually have to pause self reflect and then literally write down, which strengthens the neural pathways of focusing on what's going well. Yes. And and then that's documented, which is really powerful.
0: And then hopefully you're now getting a more accurate view of reality that's balanced between the positive and the negative as opposed to overemphasizing or overnoticing the negative at the expense of the positive. And so that's one thing that we do.
1: You know, that sometimes it's, you know, business moves so fast. It's, uh, you know, when I sit down and I write my 15-5, and i start getting into what's going well i'm sometimes i'm amazed like holy crap a lot of good stuff happened this week right and then i'm like yeah okay cool like 10 good things happened and then the next question we suggest is you know what's where are you stuck or what's not going well and then i might have one or two of those but it's kind of like oh wow there's a really good ratio more things are going well than not going well not that that's how it needs to be but uh, it is in a habit that the more you are tracking and documenting what is going well, the, the odds are that more things will go well. Right. And you're reinforcing that as opposed
0: to, you know, the, the by if you're operating out of default and you're constantly just looking at and seeing what's wrong and trying to fix those things, it can be very demotivating in a way, right? I mean, you can get into a bit of a downward spiral about thinking that, you know, things are worse than they are. By the way, if you believe in what we're doing here and you want to help us spread this movement, we'd really appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes or on Google Play. It's going to help us uh, get more visibility for the podcast and grow the movement.
1: One of my favorite exercises is actually uh, kind of documenting all of your wins from your whole life. Like writing as many of the good things that have happened to you as possible. You know, like graduating from high school and winning the seventh grade spelling bee and like, you know, like losing your virginity and, you know, uh, like all, just all the things that are actually the victories right. of life. And, you know, because we so rarely actually reflect on the positive. Yeah. It's really rare that we actually just give ourselves that freedom and time and space to really actually contemplate the beauty and the rightness of our lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then another thing in 15.5 I just want to mention is then high fives. Exactly. Is that so, you know... You, Read my mind. Okay, great. I just was, wanted to make sure we weren't <laughs> jumping jumping over that. Exactly. Uh, yeah, why don't you say...
0: Well, I was going to say that, you know, coming out of the gratitude practice, right? Again, you know, we have inside 15.5, what's going well? We do the gratitude practice live on Mondays, the gratitude meditation, the practice of high fives is also a practice of noticing the positive, but in others, right? And I think that there's, I found that this this has been really powerful for me. You know, the, the practice of sitting down at the end of every week and having being prompted, you know, who do you want to give high five to, has led to me noticing more about the good things that are happening around me in the workplace. And then also, I think that, A lot of companies historically have talked about putting in place employee recognition programs because they've looked at the science. You know, the reason employee recognition programs came about is because, well, what do you know? Human beings thrive on recognition. So companies would artificially create these recognition programs to try to feed that, but oftentimes it was, you know, top-down and it felt inauthentic. When you actually just create a culture where people are prompted to start to notice the good things that are happening around them, You don't need an employee recognition program. People feel recognized. They actually feel the positive emotion of recognizing someone else. That leads to a positive brain state. The person being recognized also feels positive about it. And then the third person who's witnessing it also has an experience. It reminds me of uh, the study they did uh, around uh, acts of kindness, where they did these studies about, you know, people, someone saw an act of kindness on the street. The giver, the receiver, and the witness all had, uh, you know, kind of a change in positive brain state and brain chemistry. And I think the high fives lead to that as well.
1: Yeah, there's there's some Fridays when I get into a flow of giving high fives and I'm just I just can't stop, you know. Right. I'm just like, "Oh man, this person, you're amazing and you you're incredible. The way that you did that thing totally blew me away." And it's just like you get into this flow. You know, sometimes I don't find that flow. Sometimes it's Friday and I'm a little tired. It could be a little harder to find that flow. But I've also had days where, you know, I'm tired and maybe you know, just just want to be done with the week and then I start giving high fives. And it fuels me. It suddenly wakes up all this energy and it actually kind of clears the log jam and it changes my internal state. And all of a sudden, I'm in a much more generative, giving, generous, open space just through giving appreciation,
0: yeah. I think it's one of the most powerful things we do culturally because uh, for me, you know we we were a fairly distributed team. I'm not in the same location as. As, uh, anyone? as as anyone <laughs> as as, I, as I'm remote from all our offices and I can just scan through the high five list and it's just amazing seeing what is happening throughout the company and all the wonderful things that are that are being acknowledged and appreciated and, and getting a view into that and then also having me level set you know maybe I'm having a hard week or or I don't feel things are going the way that I want them to be but I can
1: see that wow you know so much is going right and so what you know these three Weekly rituals that we have gratitude, meditation, high fives, and you know self reflection. I guess four. Yep. Uh, on what's going well, they create a, an upward spiral, and yes. what it does is that. It then, you know, people are in the habit of positive recognition and appreciation, and then that spills into all the gaps in between those practices. And so all of a sudden, people are just actually having positive interactions on a daily basis. They're interacting with people in a way that is contributing and that, that is actually, you know, celebrating other people. And there's a, a level of, of authentic self-expression happening in the offices. People are, you know, having all kinds of hilarious conversations on Slack. And then new people come into that and they're like, oh, whoa, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> right. Like, why does this feel so good? Yeah. And and then it continues. And so it's, you know, good gets better and bad gets worse. If you've ever heard that phrase, you know, that the momentum of energy tends to keep carrying itself. Yes. And so like negative energy tends to just go downward because if you if you come into a culture where everybody's treating each other like crap, You know, people are yelling at each other, there is hostility, you're more likely to then engage in negative, hostile behavior. Exactly. If you come into a culture where people are recognizing each other and praising and reflecting each other's best selves, you're more likely to give recognition and praise and celebrate and recognize each other's best selves.
0: Exactly, and I I love that this is actually tied back to the neuroscience, right? When you think about people have a meditation practice, right? It's not about solely the 5, 10, or 20 minutes they're sitting in meditation. It's the rewiring that's happening that carries forth into the rest of their life, just the same as this little 5-minute gratitude meditation on Monday and our other meditation on Wednesday and the positive reflection in the 15-5 and the high fives. These are practices Right, that have us become more aware, more positive, more grateful, and then that again, like you said, spills into all the other times because we're we are actually rewiring our brains through these practices, and and that's how we can seed the culture. So one of the highest leverage things that you can do as a leader in your company is design practices, things that you do together as an organization or individuals or you know as, as groups that can shift awareness and literally change the experience ongoing inside the company.
1: Yeah, and so one other, you know, concept to introduce to you is the idea of the emotional bank account. And the, this idea is that each one of us has an emotional bank account with every other relationship in our life. And, you know, there's things that we do that are, that are deposits and things that are withdrawals from that emotional bank account. And so what uh, having a, a high positivity ratio does is it, you know, gets tons of cash in the bank tons of emotional cash. And then when you do need to have harder conversations, when you need to give really direct critical feedback, when you need to get into some of the crunchier conversations, you have some of that capital to draw on. You're not already in the red. You actually can have a conversation and it's not going to throw that relationship into a tailspin You're going to be able to have it. It's going to be resilient. There's going to be a greater receptivity. There's going to be less defensiveness and more openness and willingness to really lean into that conversation because at your root, you know that this person actually has your best interest at heart. And if there is a breakdown, it's easier to actually get through to the breakthrough and keep moving forward. So it's not about... Building a, a culture of positivity and appreciation doesn't mean you can't give constructive feedback or have difficult conversations. In fact, it actually—it's actually the opposite. Yeah, it really is the opposite. It makes it so those conversations can be more effective and more efficient. Yeah, and and for those of you who follow the kind of the radical candor model, you know what we we
0: advocate something very similar is that you know we can have those the critical feedback, the important candid feedback, but with a lot of care. Right? We're bringing a lot of care for the relationship and for the person and delivering it with that. And then relying on that emotional bank account and the positivity we have you know, allows us to, to have the impact we want to have.
1: Okay, so that's all the time we have for positivity. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts, your questions, your feedback around how are you building a positive organization. Please email us at podcast at com. Please write us a review on iTunes. It goes a long way in helping spread the word about this show. And together, we think that we can really create a, uh, a something of a cultural revolution in business so that the higher calling of business, aside from making money, can truly be unlocking the potential of our people. I'm Shane Metcalf. I'm David Hassel. Thanks for listening and tune in next time.
0: A big thank you to our producer, counter Creative, and our executive producer, David Misnay, and Stacey Hurst, our guest coordinator. Please visit 155.com slash podcast. That's the number 15 and the word five. For more information on today's discussion, for additional resources and special offers. To get all the latest episodes, please subscribe to Best Self Management on
1: iTunes or Google Play. And finally, thank you for listening to this podcast. Until next time, know that we support you in being and becoming your best self.